0: Good afternoon and welcome to Forest Fires. My name is John Clark. It's been a few weeks since I've put out a new podcast, and I'm sorry for that. All lives go through seasons, And this has definitely been a season of change for me. My fiancé and I recently made the decision to move in with one another. So, over the past couple of weeks, we've been moving. We've combined our stuff, our animals, and even our kids. It's been a lot of work, a lot of sore muscles, and a lot less sleep than normal. But it's been a beautiful process. Now, I don't consider myself to be a person that has a lot of stuff but the sheer number of boxes that I have unpacked seriously challenges that notion. In the process of unpacking, I came across boxes that I'd never unpacked from previous moves, and I came across countless relics and memories of my past. Some of the things that I found warmed my heart, like photos of my kids that I'd forgotten that I had, or pieces of art that they'd made when they were younger. Other things that I found were less pleasant, though. Like keepsakes from past relationships, pictures of friends that had passed on, and photos of me and my active alcoholism and addiction. This trip down memory lane got me to thinking about a line from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. In my early recovery, it took me a while to fully appreciate and understand this line. Now, I'm by no means proud of many of the things that I've done in my past, but today I'm in a place where I realize that the worst choices that I ever made and the darkest parts of my past can help me to become a better recovery peer, a better partner, a better father, and perhaps, most importantly, a better man. Any discussion of the past always reminds me of that old cliche piece of advice about not burning our bridges. Now, every one of you listening to this podcast has heard this line in one form or another. Basically, the gist of this seemingly sage advice is that you never know when you may need to cross that bridge again. In other words, when ending a relationship, try to do so without making an enemy. When leaving a job, try to do so on the best terms possible. Basically, avoid doing any unnecessary damage to relationships. Because you never know when you might need them again. Sounds like pretty good advice, right? But as many things in life, there is no one-size-fits-all rule book, And likewise, good advice in one scenario may not be good advice in another. For many of us in recovery, we take advantage of this concept of not burning our bridges. We use this advice to justify keeping parts of our past alive. Maybe it's an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend, an old using buddy or some part of your life that doesn't fit with your new life in recovery. We justify leaving these aspects of our old selves open because who knows when we might need to return to them, or better, when we might want to return to them. I'm here to tell you that some bridges need to be burned. Some relationships need to be ended with a period, and possibly even an exclamation point. Some parts of who and what you were need never be visited again. Keeping these aspects of who and what we were available, it's the equivalent of holding on to one more pill or just one more bottle. While you may not have any intention or even a desire to take that pill or that drink, its simple presence in your life is dangerous to you. But how can that seemingly harmless advice of not burning our bridges be dangerous? The reason? I'm a con artist by nature. And no, that's not something that I'm necessarily proud of, but it is a fact. In my act of addiction, I took great pride in being able to get people to do what I wanted them to do, even if it meant I had to manipulate them, use them, or even lie to them. While I conned a lot of people over the years... The greatest con that i ever performed was on myself i conned myself into believing that i wasn't really an alcoholic that my behavior wasn't that bad and then i conned myself into believing that i wasn't worth the effort that recovery would take i am both the con man and the victim given enough time i can convince myself of anything and if I have a bottle, a pill, an old relationship, or anything else lying around that isn't good for me, I can eventually justify using it. Sometimes in order to begin a new chapter in our life, we have to once and for all bring another chapter to an end. Getting and staying sober requires more than removing the drugs or the alcohol from your life. Sobriety is about becoming the best possible version of yourself, And that's going to require a change in your behavior, a change in your lifestyle, and a change in your thinking. In some cases, it's going to require you to burn some bridges to toxic behaviors, to people that are not conducive to your recovery, and to your worn out and failed coping mechanisms. Maintaining bridges to our old toxic lives is not just dangerous, it's unhealthy. And for some of us, it's even deadly. For many people that have gone through the recovery process or who have gone to a treatment facility, they go through a detoxification period. The term detox brings back some hard and painful memories for many of us. We recall lying in a medical facility somewhere, sweating and shaking, and generally feeling like hell. What we as members of the recovery community have to understand is that detox, much like recovery itself, is about more than simply removing the toxic substances from our bodies. Detox or detoxification, it's a process. It includes cleaning out not only the harmful substances from our bodies, but also the toxic thinking that we've grown to depend on, and in some cases, the toxic people from our circles. You may ask, what is toxic thinking? Or, what is a toxic person anyway? The answers to these questions are as varied as the people that enter into the 12-step rooms. What may be toxic for me may not be toxic to you, and vice versa. Generally, though, toxic thoughts are those that make us react in unhealthy and in unnatural ways. Likewise, toxic people are selfish, manipulative, and they don't want what's best for you, and they don't cause you to behave or react in the best possible way. The dangerous thing is that toxic thinking may appear to be rational or even normal thinking. Likewise, many toxic people say all the right things, but their actions don't always match their words. Think back on your active addiction. How did your thoughts keep you sick? Who were the people that you surrounded yourself with when you were using Who were the people that didn't support your recovery or told you that sobriety was for quitters or some other bullshit phrase? In many cases, the thinking that we depend on and the people that enjoy our company and active addiction are toxic and they're detrimental to our overall well-being. In regard to toxic people, many that claim to be your friends will resist your recovery and may even seek to sabotage it. I wish I could tell you that there's some clinical justification for all of this, but some people are just assholes, and some are simply not ready to face their own demons. An inherent part of recovery from anything is change, and change is always hard. Anyone that tells you otherwise either isn't very bright, or they haven't done much changing in their life. Just like change itself, Burning certain bridges from our past can be a difficult proposition. But it's the only way to maintain a healthy recovery. And it's the only way to live a full and complete life. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that you have to burn all of your bridges. And I'm not telling you to break up with your significant other. Nor am I justifying you leaving a job on bad terms. In fact, many of the people and things in your life not only need to be saved... They need to be worked on and rebuilt. Many of the people that were in my life while I was in active addiction, they're still in my life today. But these people supported my recovery, and they still support me today. There was a time in my big drinking and using days that I was constantly surrounded by people that I thought were my friends. When I got sober, most of those people were nowhere to be found. The people from my past that are still in my life today are those that loved me in spite of my behaviors and active addiction and love me today in my active recovery. As much as we may not like to admit it, friends and environment have a tremendous impact on our thoughts, our attitudes, and on our behaviors. I've often told my patients that if they surround themselves with five people that aren't serious about their recovery, they'll be the sixth. The converse is true, though, about surrounding yourself with people that are focused on their recovery. I've watched it happen too many times to count. A person comes to treatment and they get to feeling better, they look better, and they are on fire for their recovery. Then, they leave the safe confines of the treatment facility bubble, and they go back home, back to work, or back to their old friend circle, and all of the progress that they made is gone in an instant. There is a line that is thrown around in the 12-step rooms that I used to hate, but it is stuck around for a reason. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If you keep walking the same path, you'll keep reaching the same destination. In many cases, the only way to change our path is to remove our access to that path. In other words, we have to burn that bridge. While alcoholism and addiction are both complicated brain diseases, much of addictive behavior is built upon the foundation of habit and of comfort. So, for us to change our addictive thinking, we must change our addictive habits and those behaviors. A simple exercise that I do with some of my patients is to give them the opportunity to delete numbers from their cell phones. I don't simply suggest this, though. I hand them their phone and give them the opportunity to do it right in front of me. It's uncanny watching these men that have claimed to be committed to their recovery struggle to delete numbers of people that they know are detrimental to their life. But please understand, I'm not judging them at all. As I said earlier, change is hard. And taking action like deleting a contact can be frightening. At least it was for me. In my early recovery, I was given the chance to delete those numbers, just like I give my patients today. I remember struggling with the decision to delete a number of people from my phone, and for very different reasons. The reality is, I had convinced myself that these relationships were built upon something other than drugs and alcohol. Some of these relationships were, but most weren't. As insane as it sounds... I struggled with deleting the number of my primary drug dealer. For someone that's committed to getting sober, this should be an easy decision. But it wasn't. I'd come to believe that he and I were friends. And a part of me believed that despite his trade, he would support my decision to get sober. Against the suggestion of my sponsor, I didn't delete him. Actually, that's not entirely true. I lied to my sponsor and told him that I had deleted him. But I didn't. Through mutual contacts that we both had, this person knew that I was trying to get clean, and of course, he knew I hadn't been around to buy drugs in a while. A few weeks into my sobriety, he texted me out of the blue, and he told me about some good product that he had for me. In that moment, I knew what I should have known all along. I was a customer, not a friend. I was a lead to be followed up on, a consumer of a product that he had nothing more. He was a bridge that I had to set fire to immediately, or eventually my new sobriety would lose out to my obsessive thinking. Understand that while the topic of this podcast is that some bridges need to be burned, it's important to realize that in doing so, we are given the opportunity to build new bridges, to establish new ways of thinking, and the opportunity to establish and grow new relationships. Through this, we can become the best and healthiest versions of ourselves. As you listen to this podcast and as you go throughout your week, I would challenge each and every one of you to inspect the bridges that you are maintaining. Do they lead to places that you need to go? If not, it may be time to strike that match and let them go. But if those bridges are important to you, if they lead you to a place that helps you to grow and helps you to build the sober life that you deserve, make sure that those bridges are in good shape. Heal the relationships that have been injured. Take the time to call the friends that you've neglected. And as always, make sure that the relationship that you have with yourself is solid and strong. While I can never tell you which bridges in your life need to be burned and which need to be maintained, I can assure you that the connection that you have with your true self, that's the most important bridge that you have. Thank you for tuning in to Forest Fires. At last count, we had crossed over 3,000 listeners, and we are continuing to grow. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your support. And thank you for taking time to listen. Reach out today and lift another alcoholic or an addict up. Continue being the light in the darkness for those that still struggle with this horrible disease. Keep building a strong, vibrant, and welcoming recovery community. And as always, stay reachable, stay teachable, and stay humble. Thank you.